0: you may already know about my private coaching program, which offers tremendous benefits. However, there is another approach worth exploring group coaching. This type of coaching emphasizes systems, thinking fostering skills in reflection, reframing, questioning, problem solving and time management, all on top of encouraging relationship building and dismantling internal silos. Well, I'm thrilled to introduce my group coaching program where we'll meet twice a month, every first and third Friday for 45 minute video sessions. Prior to each session, I'll present a key theme and a thought provoking question of the week. During our sessions, I'll share insights, hacks and methods related to the week's topic, fostering a free flow conversation where questions and personal experiences are welcomed. After each session, you'll receive engaging assignments linked to the theme. These assignments will be shared on our group coaching Discord channel, allowing everyone to provide feedback and engage in a dynamic, interactive experience. Join me for a coaching experience that blends strategic insight and meaningful connections by clicking the link in the show notes. Our thoughts are the architects of our actions, shaping the reality we inhibit. The internal narrative we carry acts as a compass, either steering us toward progress or holding us captive. Within the realm of personal growth, it's the uncomfortable moments once embraced that transform into stepping stones for profound change. This journey isn't about seeking comfort. It's a courageous exploration into the discomfort that lays the foundation for extraordinary personal and collective growth. So, what are the stepping stones that mark our path as we embark on this challenging journey to reshape our thinking? Number one, you have anxiety because deep down you know you could be doing bigger things. When I was a sophomore in high school, I dated a girl for a couple of years whose mother was extremely toxic and controlling to say the least. And one night, against my will, I decided to join both her and her mother for dinner at their house. I remember entering their house with resistance, taking my shoes off and slowly dragging myself to their kitchen where her mother was putting the final touches on dinner. While we waited for her to finish off the final sizzles of the meal, we stood around the island in the kitchen talking. Given the fact that I wanted the night to go as smoothly as possible, I engaged in the conversation. And to my surprise, maybe 5-10 to minutes into the conversation, her mother threw the conversation into a direction I never saw coming. Out of nowhere, she looked right at her daughter, with me six inches to her left, and said, I was at an event the other night and ran into a guy that I think would be a perfect fit for you. He'll be a doctor with a promising future. I I was stunned She had no discretion, to say the least. I remember my blood boiling on the ride home. From her mother's perspective, she didn't think I had a promising future. Now, it didn't take me long to realize something. I could be upset and add her comments to a pile of hate, or I could look beyond all of that and ask why she thought that. Why did she not see a bright future for me? Do I think I have a bright future on my current path? And separating myself from my surface level emotions and thoughts, I realized I wasn't pushing myself. I wasn't trying. I wasn't giving 100%. And instead of taking it personally, I decided to do something drastically different. I stopped lying to myself. I use those comments as the first stepping stone to my new future. Most often, each of us has the answers we're externally seeking. So then why do we ask questions we already have the answers to? Because by seeking answers, we get to delay more. We convince ourselves we're working towards the truth. We're taking action. But as Tony Robbins famously said, a real decision is measured by the fact that you've taken a new direction. If there's no action, you haven't truly decided. Don't suffocate the truth. It's the only thing that will provide your future self with oxygen. Number 2, the world is run by failed employees. Look around. The world is filled to the brim with example after example of failed employees, those who now hold the trophies of success. And the trophy of success is filled with common traits like contrarian thinking, nonconformity to the status quo, frustration with bureaucracy and systems within traditional structures. They failed but their propensity for nonconformity to the established norms led them to podiums. So if this is the case, then what does this tell us? Well, it should widen our perspective. It should challenge the notion that success within conventional employment structures is synonymous with global influence or impact and instead We should widen our perspective to the idea that those who significantly shape the world possess qualities that may not align with traditional organizational expectations. It should crack our minds open and flood the area around them to see the importance of embracing diverse thinking styles to challenge the status quo and reevaluate the definition of success. It should redefine the word failure because failure only occurs when we stop trying, when we cease to exert energy toward our target. That means fractional forward momentum or leaps and bounds. The founder of Pandora approached 300 investors before he got funding, James Dyson created 5,126 failed prototypes of his vacuum before succeeding. Thomas Edison created 10,000 prototypes of his electric bulb before succeeding. Steve Jobs was fired by the company he helped found. Walt Disney was at one point living on dog food and unable to pay his rent. Yet, each of them had the relentless pursuit of making fractional momentum in their fields. Success starts at failure. It is the catalyst to our life's greatest work. Number three, the curriculum to learn $20,000 a month skills is free for everyone on the internet. The internet created one of the biggest shifts in human history. A system architecture That has revolutionized mass communication, mass media, and commerce. It's shifted the dynamics of our everyday lives. What's even more impressive is that this revolutionary tool is free. As long as you have a computer or a phone, you can leverage one of the greatest tools ever invented. Now, some people might argue that it's not entirely free. If you have access to a local cafe, you have access to a computer. However, that is not the real argument most make. Most say it's a lack of money in general to grow their knowledge and success. But it's not a lack of money that holds people back. It's a lack of willingness and effort to seek that information. There are hundreds of thousands of free courses online. The average book costs 10 to $20. We live in an age where information is abundant. The internet alone has 120 zettabytes of information. And for reference, a zettabyte is about a trillion gigabytes. Each day, 328.77 million terabytes of data are created. There should be zero excuses as to why we cannot self-educate ourselves for a better future. Yet again, it comes back to willingness, effort, and discipline. Here's a statistic that highlights the lack of accountability and discipline. The completion rate of online courses is between 5 and 15%. Udemy, which has over 210,000 courses, reports that the average student enrolled in a course completes just 30% of the content. And an average of 70% of students never even start the course. Every year, the shelves are flooded with over 3 million new books. Despite this vast ocean of knowledge, the average American only manages to read four of them annually. And a recent Gallup poll found that American adults are reading fewer books each year. It's time to be honest with ourselves. It's not that we don't have the money. It's not that we don't have the resources. It's not that we don't have the time. It's that we lack accountability, discipline, and motivation. Number four, 91.4% of our worries aren't real. Most of our problems stem from worrying about something. We think we have a problem based on the thing we're worried about. However, worrying is just a prediction. And not many people are good at predicting. A study published in 2020 provides us with an answer we've all thought about at some point. What percentage of our worries actually come true? Well, only 8.6% of our worries actually come true. That means 91.4% of our worry predictions do not come true. Most of our worries, our problems, are not really problems. We fabricate such convincing pitches in our minds, we turn into the damn wolf of Wall Street. We allow our minds to punish us with exaggerations and misperceptions. And we accept this false reality because it's what we know. It's how we've been conditioned. Most of what we hear on the news is a problem. Most of what we see online is a problem. But what if our worries and problems were the portals to opportunities? An opportunity... Is a set of circumstances that makes it possible to do something. A problem is generally considered to be a task, a situation, or a person which is difficult to deal with or control due to complexity. The key is the word difficult. It's not impossible. So if it's not impossible, it means there's an opportunity to overcome it. For every problem, we thought we had, we somehow overcame it. The next billion problems you will face, you will overcome them. That means you have opportunities. Number five the only statistic you should care about is your time to action. Governments, organizations, and businesses all collect statistics to help them track progress, measure performance, analyze problems, and prioritize. Statistics help us gauge uncertainty and make plans when given incomplete information. But here's the challenge we often chase the wrong statistics. Things like net worth, job titles, GPA, followers and likes, and property values. But amongst all of these statistics or metrics sits one that is more critical than any, time to action. Improving our urgency redefines our ability to get shit done. Every opportunity is time sensitive and delaying. To seize these moments means we might not have the opportunity to grab them in the future. We might not be around the next time that opportunity comes around. The pace of today's world is much, much different than it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. It's gotten faster. And if history is any indication of the future, it's only going to get Faster. This means we need to adapt to that rapid environment. The sooner we take action, the sooner we reap the benefits of compounding. Think back to anything you've accomplished in your life. Imagine having accomplished those things months earlier or years earlier. Where would your life be if that was the case? Now, Improving urgency is not about rushing without purpose. It's about being intentional and efficient in how time is utilized. If our time is a limited resource, it means how we utilize it is the most important metric we should care about. Number six, golden handcuffs probably still command your life. 83.5% of U.S. adults Work a traditional nine to five. And based on a Gallup survey, 60% of people reported being emotionally detached at work, and 19% as being miserable, which means a majority of those individuals are giving up a third of their lives to things like rules that don't align with their values, organization politics earning a small percentage of what their actual value is and trading all of their time for it, we choose our risk level. Some think working a steady nine to five is less risky than being an entrepreneur and working for yourself. But I'd argue it's more risky. You have less freedom and autonomy. Most often, you do the same work again and again. For most, the motivation is money. But after time, that fades away. You are replaceable. A number in a spreadsheet at the mercy of the enterprise. You have less control over your destiny. You've been conditioned to think there's one path to success. You go to college, rack up debt. Maybe you get lucky and get a job in your major. Either way, you need money to pay for that degree. So, most rush into a job to start making money, and before you know it, you're addicted to the consistent paycheck, tolerate the politics, misaligned values, and earning less than you're actually worth. As Kevin O'Leary said, a salary is what they give you to forget about your dreams. Number seven, many of you will feel the urge to reject this episode. Most people cherry-pick information, and they do this to build up their preferred version of the world. They'd rather trade growth for comfort, but comfort is not what breeds success and growth. Everything that grows experiences discomfort. When we run, our muscles ache. When we work out, our muscles tighten and feel shaky. When we study, our mind grows tired. When we go to therapy, our emotions drain us. The costs, the price tag of growth physically or mentally is comfort. It is the thing we relinquish to taste success. For every successful individual you see on TV, read about, over here at dinner, overcame mountains and mountains of discomfort. But guess what? They're now a really damn good climber. Most people don't want the truth, but the truth is what stands between you and your future. This week's shout out is by Nathan, who sent me a DM on Instagram. I love your podcast. It's not just motivating, it makes me feel alive. Thank you. For an opportunity to be next week's shout out, please leave an honest review on the podcast. Send me a DM on Facebook or Instagram. Who knows? you just might be the next shout-out. Thanks for listening to The Motivated Mind with your host, Scott Lynch. I hope you enjoyed my deep dive into seven uncomfortable truths to challenge your thinking. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Motivated Scott. Don't forget to join me every Monday and Thursday for new episodes. I love you all, and thanks so much for listening.